0: The reason that I'm here is because, you know, the club is seeking change.
1: He said, well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a complete difference. First
0: team under me." You know, my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special.
1: welcome into the tottenham depot i am your host andrew this is episode 152 you can follow me at a you can follow us at tottenham depot i've got caroline along for the ride this week as we dive into the week of thanksgiving this week Great, very thankful to have caroline alongside she's at cg stefko kaz how are you on this fine sunday
0: i'm doing all right thanks for asking uh always grateful to be on the depot of course and, you know, my other Spurs are really struggling right now. So let's talk about Tottenham.
1: <laughs> they are fun to watch, though. I mean, anytime you get to see uh, a dude who's, what, seven foot four handling the ball like he does in, in Victor Wembanyama, they are entertaining. I will give you that. Uh, I've definitely been tuning into a lot of their games as a, an NBA fan slash better. So uh, they, they, are, they, do, they do give me that.
0: Yeah, they they have been fun. Uh, we're already knocked out of the in season tournament, which is unfortunate. But I think once we get Devin Vassell back, things will improve. So,
1: yeah, it's almost like injury issues just follow Spurs around constantly.
0: I uh, tell and, you what, it's
1: it, it's it's something weird going on. Uh, we're definitely gonna we definitely have one game to talk about. The women uh, get their third straight one one draw, which I. <laughs> There's a little bit of a tone that goes with that in in my voice. If you can't tell a little bit frustrating, perhaps Uh, that's one side of the coin on the men's side of things, pretty quiet week, but we've got a few things to touch on. Probably going to be a fairly short pod. Um, But Caroline, let's start with this, this one, one draw. The women go to the King power stadium, get a one, one against Leicester. second half equalizer. This Felt a lot like the previous two games, to be perfectly honest. Not just with the identical scoreline, but just with kind of the way these games have all played out. They're they're frustrating draws, but they're also draws in which you can see intent. You're not seeing the team go into a shell. You're not seeing boring football by any stretch. It's exciting. It's just it's a little bit of the oh, this could look a little bit better. It's not it's not flowing as well as it did in the first uh, five or so games of the season.
0: I would definitely agree with that. It's just that we're not seeing kind of the same crispness of passing. Um, Sometimes the intent behind the passes has been a little wonky. Um, But I agree. They've been good, entertaining games to watch. So, you know, from a neutral perspective, which we obviously are not, I'm sure uh, other fans have enjoyed tuning into our games. But um, this one was a little different in that we we're in the position of having to come back from conceding the first goal. Uh, Cause in the first two draws, you know, we were up, up in front and then, you know, kind of let the game slip away from us. But I thought the positive thing to come out of this one is that we did really work hard to get back in the game. And I think we had enough chances that we could have come away with the win and definitely towards the end of the match, for sure. It felt like some of the subs that Robert had brought on really increased the momentum and, you know, I had been saying all week that Lester's keeper was not having a good season. And of course she chose today to show up. So that's just kind of typical, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. Something I else think...
1: that feels very, very spurs, if you will.
0: Exactly. It's just like every keeper has their best game of the season against us. It feels like, but you know, I mean, credit to her. She, she's kept out quite a few pretty high quality chances, Um so it's hard to really complain too much about the result ending up a draw.
1: We, of course, had the change in the lineup with Olga Attenen picking up a knee injury. She's going to be out, it looks like, until January. But go, take us through what you saw with the, the 11 and, the, and kind of the changes that, that Robert Villa had made to, to attack this game.
0: Right. So we saw Rhea Percival get her, I believe this is her first start of the season, um, replacing Olga And otherwise, it was, you know, the same that we've been seeing. I think Robert has talked about how he hasn't wanted to tinker too much with the starting lineups to kind of build up some consistency. And I think in the first few games, that definitely helped. But now it seems like we're getting to the point where maybe we might need a little bit of an injection of freshness. Um, And actually, I lied because I said that was the only change. But Jess Naz also got a start um, because Drew Spence is still out as well. So I think we're probably not going to see her until December because we've got, you know, a midweek game coming up and then another one right on the weekend. So it's unlikely she's going to be fit before then. But I was excited to see Jess start, but I have to say, I don't think this was her best game. Um, You know, I talked earlier about some passes going awry and quite a few of them were coming from Jess, just, just short passes um, continually, which was driving me mad, but the other thing that I think we are kind of continuing to see is that we're a little vulnerable when it comes to defending on the flanks. So Angrad James, I think, really got smoked by I can't remember which Leicester player it was that ended up getting the assist for their goal. It was Hannah Kane. Hannah
1: Kane. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Very quick player. Um, and we just did not respond well to that in the first half but I think that you know if I can get on to the second half a little bit with some of the substitutions um, as Mita Ale coming in to play right back in place of Angrad and then she shifted into the midfield to replace Rhea Percival I felt like that was a much more balanced lineup um, not just from a defensive perspective because I do think Lester really didn't get any high quality chances after that point but also, Angrad looked really good in the midfield. So I think perhaps the Angrad at right back experiment maybe needs to be over at this point. Because um, we've got a really good player in Ismita Ale, who, you know, not only is she good at knowing when she needs to, to track back and do those defensive duties, but when she gets forward, she's really effective. And I felt like she was showing up in quite a few of the, the final few attacks that we had going. So I, I hope that you know, Robert was encouraged by what he saw from Azmita in this game, and she starts to get some more game time.
1: I wanna go back to what you said about just Naz and and getting her start because it felt to me like in in the in the games that she's been coming off the bench, she's almost been that, and I hate just lumping everyone into this quote unquote super sub role. but like it it has felt like that where she's able to come on, run on tired legs and really make a make her presence known in the attack. Um, as opposed to when she gets a start here, like you said, it wasn't kind of all you would have hoped for.
0: Yeah, I wonder if in the back of her head that was kind of affecting her game, knowing that she was going to be expected to play, you know, close to the full 90, which I think she ended up subbing out in the 59th minute. So she really didn't make it that long. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like at that point it was pretty apparent that we needed some subs. And at the time I thought they were coming way too late, but that really is pretty early in the game, you know, looking back. But I think it, it's not that she wasn't getting into the right positions. It was just really the technical quality wasn't there today with her. Um, so at least it's not a situation of, you know, she comes into the starting lineup and she looks totally lost. I don't, I don't think that's true at all. Um, so something was just off today with her, her passing in particular, but she still seems to have pretty good chemistry building with Martha Thomas and, and, and she was a little bit involved in the buildup to our eventual goal in the second half. Um, to be fair, I think that was another case of, you know, one of her passes, just not quite hitting the target, but. Martha was able to make the most of it with her, you know, kind of really superb holdup play that we started to see over the last few games. Um, and then, you know, her, her three pass was the one that Celine ended up converting off of. So I think the thing, also, the other thing about Jess that frustrated me a little bit in this game is that uh, in past games, I've been really pleased to see that her defense has improved, especially since, you know, the a couple seasons ago um and she had some pretty dicey moments in this match so i wasn't i just feel like i can't justify her getting another start based off of this performance
1: the uh the overall stats would tell you that the tottenham outplayed lester in this match i mean it's more shots more possession even um just more momentum in general so that's what kind of makes this frustrating despite the fact that spurs fell down you know, by a goal in the first half. Um, but the, the comeback was on in that second half. I really just thought the pressure was on and it was just execution finishing at, at, at the, at the net um, that didn't happen. So uh, hopefully they can, they can get that turned around. You did mention there is a midweek game back into the Conti cup uh, this Wednesday, I believe it is. Is that, do I have that right?
0: Think yes. Wednesday, Wednesday
1: against Bristol city. And then next Sunday, uh, a trip to play Manchester city back in the league. So it's, doesn't get any easier, obviously Um, the following Sunday after that, it's man United that this is, this is what I think also makes these kinds of tough draws against Leicester, Liverpool, Everton, you know, those are points you really want to bank because you still have those matches against the bigger clubs that you really can't count on as much for even getting a point, much less three points. That's, I think where the, um, you know, the, the sour taste is left, at least in my mouth and watching, especially the way that, that, that this team started the season that they weren't able to bank at least one or two of these last three wins and and had to settle for draws in each uh, just knowing what's ahead in terms of the schedule and, and, you know, some of the injuries and things that are, that are starting to pile up as well.
0: Yeah. I think the injuries are kind of presenting Robert Villaham with some, some dilemmas and I feel like we saw a few things that worked in this match, a few things that didn't. And it encourages me that once those subs came on in the second half, we really seem to move up a level. Um, and with the midweek cup match, he's got another opportunity to play some of the players who haven't necessarily been starting or, you know, just making short cameos um, and see if, you know, he can find some other solutions. But like I said, I, I really think, especially in terms of someone like Ingrid James, just getting her back to what she does best in the midfield. Um, you know, not making it any harder on ourselves than it has to be, basically, because you're right. We've got really tough games coming up after this cut match, and you know, it's going to be basically a gauntlet until the winter break arrives. <laughs> so I'm hoping we can get through it relatively unscathed, and um, you know, just like you said, we can't necessarily count on making any points out of those kind of fixtures against the top four teams, but if we can at least continue the positive momentum in terms of the the performances and developing our style of play that we're trying to develop, I think we should be okay.
1: The other big news out of uh, the women's teams camp this week is the contract extension for Evelina assuming uh, it is a two and a half year extension through 2026 for the 25 year old. Uh, Big deal, I think. I mean, this is, this is the kind of thing that you want to do with play, re- rewarding players for uh, the types of performances that they've been putting out on the pitch. And um, this is the kind of thing that will hopefully attract even more suitors uh, to, to come into this club and help build it, right?
0: Right. I think the fact that we're moving towards more long-term contracts is a positive thing overall. But especially for a player like Evelina, who's really entering the peak years of her career, and I think, you know, not just this season so far, but also the, the second half of last season, she really started to show some new dimensions to her game and she just keeps developing, which I think is really promising. Um, and I think, you know, in, the, in this past game, she was definitely one of the, the better performers on the day. So I think she's a very reliable player. And as Robert has said, someone that we can kind of build the team around since she is part of that spine. So, yeah, really excited for her to continue playing at Tottenham.
1: It should be exciting. Again, two-match week for, for the women's team. Conti Cup Wednesday, back into the league on Sunday. Games just won't stop. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about – there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the men's side this week, but the, internationally a couple of things pop. We saw Sonny kind of took a knock, something we always fear, but it seems like he's okay. Um, we did see a, a goal from pop Sar on, on his first international goal, which was really cool to see. Um, it, it also amazes me. I'm looking at some of these, I know there's a lot of, uh, European qualifiers cause the euros are next year, which is happening. We're seeing a lot of those pop up. It also is baffling to me that a lot of the international matches being played right now are world cup qualifiers for a tournament that is still two plus years away uh two and a half years away in 2026 which is mind-blowing to me that's that's something that i always have to kind of keep reminding myself uh that that all of these countries are are qualifying already for the world cup which is a a much larger problem if you ask me especially with the field uh expanding but um that has certainly been been something to watch i have you been watching a lot of the international matches on the men's side i have not i i just been kind of catching some highlights and of course i was you and i were going back and forth a little bit i was glaring at the France 14 nil victory over was it Gibraltar or someone that they beat I like I was looking at that uh kind of match report and just kind of mesmerized by it but have you been watching any of these international matches keeping up with any of the Spurs players on international duty or is it just kind of been you know just in the back of your mind this this past week or so
0: yeah I can honestly say I have not tuned into very much of the men's action this week I kind of tuned into the U.S. game the other day out of just basically the fact that it was available because I feel like lately a lot of the games just have not been, you know, easy to stream or find. I know, you know, the team I support, Germany, nowhere to be found. They're friendly yesterday. So, which is kind of sad because there was a very interesting uh, formation tweak that I would have liked to see in action. (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm mostly keeping up with, you know, kind of the updates that, Tottenham account shares and just hoping nobody else gets injured. I I feel kind of frustrated that you see players dropping out of their international camps left and right, and and none of ours seem to have uh, opted to do so. So, it's out of our control.
1: (laughs) It 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 would be nice, but no, just everybody out there playing playing their little hearts out, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I I I I definitely empathize with that and wish it wish it was happening as well, especially just knowing that there are a lot of games coming up uh in the in the run into the new year. So um I would definitely be appreciative if, if some of those guys were resting, but we are, of course, where we are. Um there was also this week the the news of Mickey Vandevin's uh kind of weird social media post where he posted himself a picture of himself with an hourglass, which of course tells everyone that nothing just that it's a social media post and but everyone overreacted to it of course and thought oh what does this mean that maybe he's not as injured uh, as possible and then of course Alistair Gold being the intrepid reporter that he is uh, followed up by basically saying no news here that no no difference in the timeline but did you were you were you caught in that I didn't even know about it until like a day and a half later because honestly during these international breaks I kind of check out a little bit uh, I go do other things. You mentioned the U S game Thursday night. I would have watched the U S game had there been nothing else on, but I was watching the NFL because my team, the Ravens were playing. So I was totally checked out of even that. But uh, did you get caught up in, in any of the the social media um, firestorm that Mickey, Mickey Vandevin created with his post or no,
0: no, I mean, I saw it, but I kind of interpreted the hourglass as like a waiting Emoji and less of a soon emoji, which I think is how a lot of people have taken it. Um, I do think it's funny that he's also had a lot of, you know, photos coming out of him just having a grand old time socially, and you know, seemingly none the worse for the wear for his injury. So we we don't know anything, and we're just going to have to be patient. As much as it it sucks to wait, because obviously the defense is not quite the same without him.
1: It has kind of led to an interesting would you rather question that we received from Andy Nash uh, wanted to know if you could bring back Mickey or James Madison, but the other one would be out for the season, which which would you bring back? And I assume this means immediately, like you get them back right away, fully healthy. Um, I, this was easy for me, and I didn't really expect it to be when I looked at it. But where where would you go? I'm going to go with you first. Where Do, do you have any <laughs> any lean on this one?
0: Well, my first thought was that it was a really difficult question because it feels like choosing a favorite child somehow. But I think I probably would have to go with Mickey being miraculously healed and Madison out for the rest of the season, simply because January window is coming up. And I think it might be a little bit easier to find at least a temporary solution for James Madison's position. Whereas, you know, Left-footed center backs don't grow on trees, and especially ones as fast as Mickey. So I just feel like he's kind of irreplaceable, especially in terms of you know the style that Ange is trying to implement at Spurs. So I would have to go with Mickey. Sorry, James.
1: Yeah, you're getting no argument for me. That's exactly where I was going to go as well. It's it's a it's a matter of depth too. Like within the current roster, would you rather have you know a center back back where there aren't a lot of them? Otherwise, on the roster, we saw the, the position that the club got into in that game against Chelsea when players were being either hurt or red-carded off the pitch uh, left and right. Um, I, and look, not that I think Giovanni Lo Celso is an answer, but at least there's a body there that you can stick that you feel reasonably OK about. There's also a lot of shuffling that can potentially be done over the next handful of weeks, whether it's moving Kulosevsky into more of a central role in a, in a midfield role, whether it's you know, somehow moving Sun into more of that role and playing someone else further up the pitch. I don't know that that's, that's not for me. That's for Ange to figure out, but at least there's more solutions there than there is at the center back spot where you really need some more stability there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good shout that we do have, you know, other people who can create goals in the squad currently, you know, I think Kulisevsky has started to kind of grow into the season, which is encouraging to see. And, you know, Brennan Johnson, he didn't really get a chance in the, the first part of the season uh, because of injury. But I think he's going to make a good impact once he gets going.
1: Hopefully everyone can just chill on this last week of the international break. No more injuries, no more nonsense. Just everybody get back to Huthbert way, healthy, ready for a nice little run into this busy period with the holiday and everything like that. Uh, that would be really nice. Um, the only other really big news that that kind of it, not not Spurs related, but just it, it could end up being Spurs related, was this news about Everton. Which again, I was extremely out of the loop all week and didn't even realize this had happened. But Everton gets a points deduction uh, related to financial fair play, which has everyone now looking kind of over their shoulder at both Chelsea and Manchester City. And you know where I am in this camp. I, I'm I'm just not expecting anything, but. There is this potential for, you know, further penalty to those clubs, uh, or any penalty, I guess I should say, in terms of a point deduction, which would of course be pretty helpful for Spurs quest to not only get into Europe going into next season, but but potentially a Champions League spot. Um, how did how did this news hit you? It, it it's one of those things that I, I don't have no answers, I have no explanations. Um, I have no opinions, even really, which is not good for someone doing a podcast. You're supposed to have opinions, but I just, I, I don't know, man. Like this is like, hands up. I, I'm, I know Spurs aren't involved in, in these in this kind of nonsense, even though I know I know Everton's trying to involve Spurs in terms of their Richarlison deal, in terms of blame. But um, I just, I don't know where to go with this story, and I, I'm, I'm not even interested really in seeing where it all plays out. at all just feels very icky to me.
0: Well, I definitely have an opinion um, as far as Everton goes. I just feel like it, it it's a harsh penalty for a team that, you know, clearly have been struggling for many years now, you know, with their their financial situation. And it just feels icky to me that they're the one getting targeted with an actual punishment while the much richer clubs like City and Chelsea are basically getting away with the stuff that everybody knows they're doing. Um, that just doesn't feel right to me Uh, so I feel a little bad for Everton to be quite honest Um, and I don't feel particularly hopeful as some people do that this is actually going to result in any repercussions for Chelsea or for City because I mean recent history shows us they they have the best lawyers in the game and uh, they find a way to get away with it whether it's you know I think the last time City had charges that they were involved with they uh did get, I don't know if convicted is the right word in this case, but you know what I mean. Um, But then we're able to appeal it and get off on a technicality. So it's just, it's that kind of thing, you know, they're going to find a way to find a loophole. And it's just depressing to think about how the, the cheating, just to be frank about it, that they've engaged in has really changed the Premier League landscape for years and years and years and it's so entrenched that it feels like even if they were to get you know like a minor punishment it wouldn't be enough to kind of account for you know the the advantages that they've had and you know by association the disadvantages that other clubs have had in trying to to get up to the top so just depressing
1: yeah the money's coming from everywhere and it's weird because I I saw a lot of and it's it's younger it's younger supporters and fans or it's people who just don't know any better but all these people talking about Chelsea and City being these big clubs but it hasn't always been that way like Everton were a big club and you know when you look back 15 20 25 30 years like these things were were, were much different and um, it's it, it is weird how the money in the game has just changed obviously everything for mostly for the worse um, and it, it's it's kind of one of those avalanches of a problem that's just impossible to stop but it's you know we still we still show up and we watch and are entertained and it's a depressing topic that i don't even like diving into all that much just not not just because it's depressing but because it's so convoluted it's it's one of those things that doesn't it's one of those problems that truly does not have a solution um and it's also just a very icky problem because it's like a first world problem it's talking about greedy you know Money hungry people that we don't like to associate with the game, but that are associated with the game. So it's it's a tough topic to to really dive into and and wrap your head around. But it is out there, and it is going to be something to to kind of look out for. Luckily, a problem that I don't think we have to worry about as Spurs fans, but just one of those that surrounds everyone and, and everything um, in the game, and especially in this in this league in particular. So um, it is it is kind of tough. Uh, Before we get out of here we did get another question a very random question which I appreciate from Sean Um, he and and this is I don't know if this is a rewatch thing that maybe Sean is planning over the holiday season or what but uh, which one are you watching Sopranos breaking bad or the wire, I have to admit I've only seen one of these series. And it wouldn't be the one you expect being a person from Baltimore. It's not The Wire. I've seen Breaking Bad. I enjoyed Breaking Bad. It was great. The other two I have not seen. So I would probably have to pick one of the other two. And it's most likely got to be The Wire because I that is one on my list. But where do, you, where do you fall on these three? Have you seen any of them, all of them? Would you do a rewatch? Are you, are you in the dark on all of these? Where are you at with these three?
0: You know, many moons ago, I attempted to watch Breaking Bad. I think I got two episodes in before it got too gory for me (laughs) because i just i just that's understandable
1: if you know yeah that's understandable if you know anything about the second episode
0: i'll just say a bathtub was involved and if you've seen the show you know what i'm talking about um so that was horrible and i just couldn't handle it so probably would not go back and try to watch that i feel like you know as someone who enjoys watching you know films and kind of what you would call prestige TV. It's kind of a travesty that I haven't watched The Sopranos yet. Uh so I probably should should get into that at some point. Um but again all of these are somewhat violent. So we'll, yeah, we'll see intense, how do.
1: intense dramas that 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 yeah. has been listed here by Sean. So yeah that's 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 a that's a good <laughs> little insight. But if you're looking for some uh, some other suggestions there they are and you can you can follow up uh one last thing before we get out of here Caroline I do want to know uh, with Thanksgiving on the horizon here in the states this week, what what's what's on the plate? What are what are the what are the plans for the the meal for Thanksgiving? What does your family do? Uh, g- give me all the gory details because I love food topics. Uh, that when we get slow weeks like this on on the pod as well.
0: Well, we're having a very low key Thanksgiving this year. We have no visitors, which. Honestly, is usually the case because all of my relatives are concentrated in Tennessee and hardly ever visit us down here in Texas. It's usually the opposite, you know, us going up there. But I I like Thanksgiving because I love to eat. So a holiday that is just about stuffing your face is like exactly my wavelength. Um, and we, I mean, I feel like we have a pretty traditional spread. But the one dish that I always have to make is. Um, if anyone is familiar with the grocery store chain HEB, it's people in Texas are a little obsessed with HEB, and I'm obviously one of them. Um, but they they tend to give out really actually good recipes, you know, at their like cooking connection station. And so years ago, I got this recipe for uh, stuffing or dressing, whatever you want to call it, uh, that has fennel in it, and it's just delicious. So that's I look forward to that every year.
1: Yeah, my my wife does a sausage stuffing that it's it's actually a recipe that she got from her stepdad. And she, in fact, made it today just because she was craving it. And she is planning on make it again later this week, which I'm not opposed to. It's it's one of those dishes that it's a side dish, but you could easily like make a fried egg over it for breakfast, that kind of thing. So that's something that uh, we get to. Love and embrace here in this household. But again, yeah, same, same thing here. Low key Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays, Uh, lots of food, lots of uh, relaxing, enjoying each other's company. So we hope all the listeners uh, get to experience that this week as well, along with some great food Uh, and thankfulness obviously and we are thankful to the listeners uh thankful if you could go leave us a rating and review as well Uh, follow us on the socials at tottenham depot we'll be back next week to discuss uh the two games for the women uh the men return to action uh as well against aston villa that should be we didn't even really talk about that that should be a fun challenge um that's one to to look forward to uh obviously a team that's playing very very well and Will be, will be a tough one. So we'll be able to recap all of that next week with you all as we dive headfirst into December. It's it's coming really, really quick. Uh this season is is we're gonna hope it doesn't get away from us with all these injuries and things, but uh we will be back next week to talk about all of that. Until then, this has been the Tottenham Depot. As always, come on you Spurs.